welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is January 22nd, 2015. And tonight's program is brought to you in part by the Tweetin Fiber Company, makers of Master Chalk. Master your game with Master Chalk. And we've got a great little show lined up for you tonight. We're going to be hearing from uh, instructor extraordinaire, Mr. Paul Paul Poitier. Uh, we're also going to be talking with Jason Shaw, the uh, winner of the recent Turning Stone event for the second time in a row. He had a good showing there. And, of course, it is once again Derby City time. It's time for the 17th annual Derby City Classic down in southern Indiana at the Horseshoe Casino. And everything is lining up to get kicked off tomorrow with a stellar field and all kinds of games. Nine ball, one pocket, the Bigfoot Challenge. There's not even going to be some exciting exhibition matches. I hear that... uh, Johnny Archer and, and Mike DeShane might uh, go head-to-head down there. So there's going to be a lot of good stuff going on. Several of these matches will be streamed. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for all of that. Um, we'll certainly give you any updates as they're uh, made available to us. We took a little time to speak with the man behind the Derby City Classic, Mr. Greg Sullivan. He gave us a little update about how things are uh, uh, getting kicked off down there. They had a little bit of trouble. Uh, uh, they had some smoke set off, some sprinklers, and uh, uh, flooded a couple of tables. Fortunately, uh, it, was, it wasn't anything serious. And, of course, if you've had your ears to the ground about this, um, the Gaming Commission has made it very clear that uh, they do not expect there to be illegal gambling going on. So if you're one of those people inclined to do that, do yourself a favor, do the tournament a favor, and do the casino a favor. Uh, Keep that on the down low. Mm -mm. You don't want to get somebody in trouble. You don't want to get yourself in trouble. And you certainly don't want to jeopardize the event. So have some respect. And, uh, you know, if you're going to engage in that sort of stuff, uh, do your best to... uh, not make it, uh, you know, apparent that that's what you're up to. Anyway, uh, yeah, we talked to Mr. Sullivan about what was going on, and this is what he had to say. Well, it's uh, this is uh, everybody coming in day. It's a hectic day, but we got all the tables in earlier. Everything went pretty smooth on the, on that. We did have a little problem with the wiring in one room. Well, we got really lucky. The room that uh, had kind of like a fire, more sprinklers came on. The room that had that problem is only two tables out, so we only got two tables out. It Good. could have been way worse. Yeah. Some kind of wiring problem. We don't know what it was. It wasn't a light. just some kind of wiring issue. I don't know if it was an extension cord or what. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we got lucky, and nobody was in there, and it, it, it's all well now. Good, good. You... A lot of people coming in, a lot of people have been asking me questions, and Things to be going real well. A lot of concern over the uh, the gambling, you know, main issue and things like that. Yep. Really, just what you guys know, there's nothing changed. It's always been illegal for people to side bet. Right. Uh, two people playing each other for money, it's not illegal at all because that's, uh, that's a, quote, a game of skill. Betting right. on the side, they don't consider that, uh, they consider that gambling. They don't consider that 
you know, gave a skill pick at a player. Sure. But it, but anyway, really, it's not Harris' fault in any of this. I mean, they're put under certain restrictions. Yeah. Uh, that they they got to go with to keep their license. Sure. As a matter of fact, Harris doesn't like it that they got to pay a a boat captain. You know what I mean? They <laughs> yeah. With their casino on a boat. I mean, they, they don't like that, but yeah, you know yeah. that's just the uh, the way the law is right now. There's plenty of laws that needs updated, needs changed. Uh, I, I'm a proponent to change that, but there's there's probably more important laws out there that actually needs change right. than betting on the side on somebody. Yeah, yeah. But, but people, I just don't want nobody to get in any trouble or get their money taken away or something like that. Sure. I guess I goofed up with that article. I shouldn't have, uh, <laughs> you know, told them how much I like the gambling issue, but uh, that, that's what I like. So yeah. uh, if I told the truth, I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> anyway, we have that. We right. have that. We have that same issue in Illinois too. Uh, you know, technically speaking, the casinos can't be uh, on state property, so they have them floating on boats just like that around here too. So it's isn't that a joke though? That's I know, kind of like a like water sacred for gambling. It's just a way to get around the law. In other words, yeah, I guess that's what poop. You know, that's because <laughs> they, they like the fact that we got all these people coming in here and they're well, buying sure. rooms and they're gambling and they're. Eating and drinking and all that stuff. They like the money aspect. Sure. They just don't want to lose their license. Right, right. Did you guys fill up all your fields yet? Well, there is no fill up. Basically, I guess I guess there's a a 500 t- person limit, but but uh, we're good to go. We we haven't filled that up. Okay. Okay. So cool. There, there's, but you know, I don't think I want 500. We don't have <laughs> really room here for 500. There's a lot of there's a lot of people coming from overseas with was kind of surprising me. I just had a couple guys check in from France and oh, everywhere. Awesome. So I'm really proud of it. Yeah, good. You like should we're be. Gonna have a, well, I mean, we're way ahead as far as early sign-ups. I don't know if that's due to more people coming or that's due to people finally learning how to use the Internet a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning the Internet myself. So <laughs> Go ahead. But it looks like it's going to be fun. Good, I, good. I hope this year is just fun. That's good. the main thing. Right. I think that's what it's all about, you know, getting everybody together and having a good time, playing some pool. Gotcha. All right. Nice well, job. best of luck to you, sir. I, I know you're busy, so I'm not going to keep you long. I just want to just, like, have everybody check in on you and see that everything's going all right. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. That sounds great. Next year, you try to make it yourself and interview people. Absolutely. more rather than hear from me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. I know. Thanks for calling. All right. Take care, Greg. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So what do we got this week, Scott? This week, our topic is the break. You know, there's a lot of people uh, that are always asking, how do I get a better break? I know certainly my students come to me looking for a better break. I've heard a lot of students uh, ask you about how they can improve yeah, their break. especially at our seminars. That's probably the number one asked question. Sure. How so can they improve are, their break? What are the things that you consider to be important in uh, creating a better, more accurate break? Well, number one, we have to, to break the games down into the break. I mean, certainly one pocket and, and straight will require a, a finesse break, a gentle break. So, so let's qualify ourselves. We're talking about an eight ball, nine ball, or ten ball break, which, in other words, is maybe a smash mouth break. Um, uh, 
I think there's two things that, that I try to impress upon the student is number one, control. You have to control your cue stick. And number two is transfer of energy. Um, when I show them how energy gets dispersed from the cue stick into the cue ball, um, I always go back to dead center. The, the only way you're going to get 100% of transfer of energy um, from cue stick to cue ball is by hitting the cue ball dead center. Anytime you vary off a of dead center, it's exponentially going to decrease. The speed's going to decrease. So if we can control our cue stick and hit dead center, by default then, how can we increase our speed then? That's, uh, we have 100% of energy in the cue ball. Then it's a question of, well, how do I increase my cue speed then? And most people uh, mistakenly believe it's just about how hard you can hit the cue ball. Oh, yeah, smash mouth, right. Uh, um, uh, I like to break under control all the time. Uh, now, there are times in 9-ball and 10-ball that I, I still hit dead center, but I go way out outside of my speed range. And, and want to know something? I pay the penalty for it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think the break, if you want to improve your break, control your cue stick to dead center cue ball, because dead center cue ball is where you're going to get the best transfer of energy. And then slow your swing down, back your speed off. Oh yeah, until you, until you can start hitting dead center all the time. Everything has to be progressive, don't you agree, Absolutely. I, I mean, we break at a, at a, a 10 speed, then we break at a 15 speed, then we're breaking at, at maybe even higher, I don't know. Each human being, I mean, people talk about this 33 mile an hour break. Well, yeah, but that don't happen in competition. No, it doesn't. Often. That's a circus break. It is, and, I mean, and you don't see it. You don't no. see it among the pros. And only what three people I've ever seen recorded at over 30 miles an hour. And then they don't do that when they're playing in a tournament. Not very often, do they? So I think if if the average league player can break at 16, 17, or 18 miles an hour and hit dead center cue ball, they're going to get an 18 mile an hour break. And so connected with that dead center cue ball, then is also the transition of energy from the stick to the cue ball and the cue ball to the rack. If you're not hitting the rack square, right. then hitting dead center on the cue ball is gonna be of limited value. Right, you have to, you have to aim at something too. Mm -hmm. yeah, you want full contact, that's for sure. So I think it's a, it's a controlled process and, and you gain speed as you gain control. That's some great tips, Randy. Uh, that's uh, definitely something for all of us to uh, work on is getting a better break. But I want to add something. Some of my best breaks been at 18 or 19 miles an hour. Sure. I mean, the ball's scattered good for me. So I don't know if a high-speed break is always the answer. It sure does my ego good, but it doesn't do my pocketbook much good. This is Scott Lee. And Randy G. And this has been the One Minute Pool Instructor. We'll see you next week when we're going to talk about Pro One and Stan Shovett. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Billiard Radio. I'm Mike Howerton with AZ Billiards. I'm joined this week all the way from Canada by Paul Pottier. Paul, how are you doing today? Great, Mike. Great to be back. We've been seeing a lot of you lately. Um, seems like you're getting out more and more in tournaments. You're doing more and more online. 
yeah, I, uh, you know, I quit pool for four straight years. And then uh, in coming back, I decided that I'd do what I'd like to do the best, which is basically help other people play the game better. It's, uh, it's actually more rewarding than winning tournaments. It's wonderful. So uh, I've had uh, a lot of success in the past, and I'm uh, looking to help as many people as possible and make a living doing it. And we certainly want to talk about that. Before we go down that road, though, I do want to talk about a big event that you're getting ready to head out to. You're on your way to China to play Chinese 8-ball, right? I am. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, I'm going to be leaving in a couple of days here. Now, especially this time of year, prior to Derby, uh, this is the second year that China has put on a big Chinese 8-ball tournament, and, and last year seemed to be an invitational thing. This year, they're really expanding what they're doing. Uh, can you Can you get into, first of all, what you know of this tournament, and then let's talk about Chinese 8-ball as a whole. Sure. Well, this is, uh, actually, uh, if people go online and watch Chinese eight ball these days, you'll see the, uh, Chinese eight ball you see up there is actually from with a company called joy. That's a manufacturer of pool tables. And, uh, Gareth Potts seems to be the best player in the world at that. And, and, and Stephen Hendry is involved in a big way out in, in, in China. And, uh, it's really, I understand this, but 15 years that they've been playing this game and, I don't know if they got an actual real pro tour out there, but it looks like there's some really great players in China uh, playing Chinese eight ball. But there's another company called Star Billiards that is putting on this event that we're going to be playing uh, the world uh, Chinese eight ball world championships in. And they just actually had another big event, another Masters. So two years in a row, I guess, that they've had the Masters, if not more. I'm not all that familiar yet. Uh, and um, Gareth Potts finished third in that. Two Chinese were first and second. That just finished. So um, this particular event, I guess um, Gareth's not playing it. I think there's a sponsor um, difference there. I'm not really sure, but I'm learning as much as I can these days. And when I go over to China, you know, I plan on wearing a number of hats, the, the player, and, um, and I'm going to give some, get some interviews. I'm bringing a camcorder and, some, uh, and a couple of different cameras. And the crew that, that I'm going with, they're all getting excited about doing the same thing. So we're going to interview some Chinese players. I've got uh, a couple of translators with me. So um, it's going to be a really fun, fun time, and uh, hopefully we'll also do well in the tournament. But uh, Chinese football is looking like it's going to be um, a big deal worldwide. They're putting a lot of money into this tournament. There's prize money, $500,000 U.S. for the, for the men and uh, $300,000 for the women. I mean, first place is $100,000 U.S. for the men. And pretty much all expenses paid for all of us players, and I'm only in stage one. So they're really putting up the money. I've never had an all expenses paid to go somewhere um, and been in a qualifying position for it. Have you ever heard of that? No, this, this definitely appears to be the same format for world championships that we've had in the past, where stage one is uh, qualifying and then stage two would be what you would consider the main event. But I, this is unheard of as far as I know of as many expenses being paid for the players. But you know they're they're doing what they have to do. They're making a big splash, and and it's certainly going to uh, to make some noise in the game. Um, now, people ask me, okay, Chinese eight ball. What is Chinese eight ball? And on the surface, it's a nine foot table. And stop me where I make a mistake. It's a nine sure. foot table with snooker pockets and regulation balls and eight ball. But that's just on the surface. I mean, what are the major differences that you see? 
Well, the major differences for sure is going to be the, the style of pocket and rails and the clock. So it's a, so the style of pocket and rails are all snooker. So the, uh, the rails are different. Instead of pointy rails, they've got a little flat surface on them, just like a snooker table, and uh, where, where the ball meets the rail. And uh, as far as the pockets go, they're rounded. Now, they appear to be a little larger than a real snooker table with two and 16-inch balls. Uh, but they're still extremely tight. I've watched a lot of little YouTube, um, you know, Gareth Potts puts on a lot of stuff up there about it. So I've watched his um, <clears throat> his instructional things about it. And uh, you can make a ball that's just off the rail, down the rail, even at pace. And it's a two to quarter inch ball on a snooker table. So to make that at pace, the pocket cannot be the same size as, as what was designed for a two to 16th inch ball. Because it's impossible to make that ball down the rail there. Uh, so... But they're still pretty tough. I've watched a lot. I've watched a lot on on YouTube, and uh, it's pretty difficult. Although I'll tell you, the skill level is such that they still make you know break and run racks. Um, this one Chinese guy basically um, he ran broke and ran almost every single rack he played in one tournament, and that's the whole tournament. So that's amazing. Uh, that's amazing to do on a normal nine foot table, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but but on a on a snicker table with uh, with two and a quarter inch balls with pool balls. And now the cloth is way different. This is a nap cloth. So this is, this is exactly the same. They tell me that this, the cloth that they're going to be using is exactly the same cloth as used in the World Championships at the Crucible in England for snicker. So, but now that cloth has changed as well. So this is the kind of cloth that they're using now, which is double shaved. I think it's called number 10. And uh, it's very fast, very slick, but it's got a nap. And the nap goes only one way. One direction. So that would be from where you break all the way down to where the rack is. So the nap goes that one direction. And anybody that plays golf knows what a nap is. Uh, as far as pool players go, um, you know, we haven't, we've had non-nap cloth for a long time now. All that worsted material, whether it's Simonis or it's Championship or Andy, uh, you know, we've been playing with some really great cloth these last uh, 20-some years. And um, way better than that old... Um, you know, felt or um, nap cloth with no direction to it, you know, where the ball goes any direction, which we had the IP key, by the way, if you remember. Okay. We had nap cloth, but it wasn't directional nap. It was non-directional nap, so you don't know where the ball's going to end up. Once it slows down, it's going to get taken by the nap. So how do you think this napped cloth is going to affect the the play? Well, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to. It's, it's double-shaved, so it's quite fine, and it's really fast. And the only reason it's going to, the only way it would affect play, I think, is really on a 12-foot table when you're shooting, if you're shooting a soft shot, um, you know, in a, across the nap or uh, uh, towards, you know, uh, going towards bulk. And, and, and sometimes you're playing, playing a shot into the side pocket slowly and you know it's going to, it's going to go a certain direction. So you, you shoot the ball outside and, and it'll, it'll kind of come into the pocket. But I don't think we're going to have that, that situation with, um, with these four and a half by nine tables, but I haven't even hit a ball on one actually, Mike. Um, uh, I'm now in Vancouver, and I'm going to spend three days with uh, with Simon, two days with Simon before going. Simon Pickering, he's going as well. He set up that table in his uh, at his house, so and I'm staying there, and uh, I'm going to be playing all all day today and all day tomorrow, and uh, get a feel for you know, how I should um, change my strategy and and uh, certain shots that I may not shoot at. That kind of thing, but I don't believe I'm going to have any fear at any shot at all. If I if I choose to shoot it, I, I feel I'm going to make it. And from the research that you've done on YouTube, 
I've gone out and looked at, at a couple of the videos, but I'm sure you've looked at them with a much more discerning eye than I have. Um, what changes do you see from 8-Ball as we know it to Chinese 8-Ball besides the rail? I mean, it is not wanting to shoot a ball down a rail unless you absolutely have to? Is that the biggest change? Well, you're going to have to get closer to the ball. You can still shoot it down the rail, but not at pace if it's really close to the rail or on the rail. So you need to get closer to it and basically, you know, shoot it in at pocket weight. So, yes, there's going to be change of how you shoot certain shots. I noticed them shooting a lot of shots into the side pockets from down by, by where the rack is normally, the balls are normally racked. So, and I also saw how they're breaking. They're breaking from the center of the table. They're doing the, uh, you know, the tripod break, but they're not hitting it very hard. So they're hitting at a certain pace, which puts balls in the side pocket. You have to have at least, we have to have three balls cross bulk line uh, on the break or a ball in the pocket and two balls cross the, the bulk line or two balls in the pocket and one ball cross the bulk line, at least. And then there's a maximum. There isn't any maximums. There's a minimum so that you've actually, you're not playing a safety break. But I found that they're making a ball in the break very, very high percentage, and they're making a ball in the side pocket from that quite often. So um, I'm going to you know, adjust that instead, instead of breaking the side rail. I'm going to, I'm going to do what they're doing. I've always done that. I've always adjusted to what I see other players being successful at or try to find it myself, and then others, others adjust to what I'm doing. It's, it's that kind of a thing. Instead of just going into each tournament and saying, hey, this is how I play pool. No, that's, that's not how top professionals uh you know, are going to be successful. You have to adjust by seeing what's happening and adjusting to it. Right. So the strategy is definitely going to be such where you're, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to take the highest percentages. I see them, instead of playing a lot of options, I see them playing just perfect position for certain balls because sometimes they just have to. And, um, but their position play is wonderful. Gareth Potts is, is just awesome. Here's another thing that I think you'd like to know and, and the listeners would like to know is the type of a cue equipment. So Gareth Potts, for example, came from playing um, British pool. There was eight, a black ball, they call it, but it's eight ball on a three-by-six with real small pockets and real small balls. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yes. Uh, but it's very popular in, in uh, the British Isles and Australia and I think South Africa and so and New Zealand. Uh, but it's not here at all. None, none here at all in North America. I've never even seen a table. Uh, and then he went from that with snooker. He so snooker in that to playing um, Chinese eight ball. And so um, he never actually played with a you know twelve and a half or thirteen millimeter uh, pool cue, but he knew that he wanted to have a a different type of a of a shaft and tip to play with to have the best effect. You know to do things with the cue ball um, because it's bigger. Because you know we're talking about two and a quarter inch balls. You don't really want to have a seven, eight, nine, ten millimeter tip for that it's just but but the chinese are playing with that so gareth it, it, him and his cue maker designed a a, a cue uh, shaft it's still a snicker cue with ash an ash cue at three quarter butt and so they um uh with 11.7 millimeters so i am here today right now at kevin deru's place in in uh, white rock bc and um he just um trimmed down one of my shafts of my cue to 11.1175, so 11 and three quarters. Now I've never played with 11 and three quarters on a with pool balls before, but I'm going to test it out like crazy in the next two days. And this is a low deflection shaft, so all we do is take one of my low deflection shafts and turn it down to 11.75. 
And um, I think that's what I'm going to be playing with. But first of all, I'm going to test it out today and tomorrow to see for sure. And if I don't feel comfortable with it as compared to my 12 and a half, I'll just play the 12 and a half. Oh, well, one more thing about that. The reason is because when I was watching them play, and I'm watching specifically Garrett Fox, because he's the most successful out there, he never hit a hard, uh, 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 powerful shot. And his long-distance shots where he wanted to stop the ball or draw it back a little bit were, were done at a really nice medium pace. And he was able to control the cue ball. and Because you need to hit him pretty soft in order to be very accurate. And... Um, and so I was really, really uh, interested to see what kind of a cue he was playing with. And then I found out what he was doing. And so you see with the smaller tip, you can get down lower on the ball, Mike. And you get down lower on the ball, you can get more backspin with less effort. The only problem with the t- smaller tip when you're using a two and a quarter inch ball is that it's harder to find center ball. But if you've got a fabulous stroke, and Gareth <laughs> does, and you know, Mark Selby does, and that stroke's not too bad either. Um, so I think... Um, I can trust my stroke coming through the ball and uh, use a smaller tip. If I didn't have a really straight stroke and I had a small tip, I'm going to have a tough time getting, you know, squirting it over here, squirting it over there. uh, Because, you know, (laughs) if you're not on center perfectly, you're going to get a little squirt, even if you've got a little deflection shaft with brand new equipment and and very dry conditions. That's when you're going to get the most squirt or deflection, as some of our listeners might might, say. I just you know know the wording deflection or squirt same thing just different word. Right. All right. Well, it sounds very interesting. Now, when does the when does stage one start? Well, we're actually going to get there late. We got a little bit of bad information. We ended up um, flying on the twenty first, so we're going to be there the evening of the twenty second. Players' meeting starts the morning of the twenty second, so we're going to miss the international uh, players players meeting. But because there's like seven of us, um, and um, the guy that's doing all, you know, helping us out here, he's very close with the uh, with the organizer, very good friends. So uh, they've got a, a special person that's going to be um, uh, coming to our, our we're going to get into a room, and he's going to do do the, inter- the meeting with us, so that we'll know all the things. Because there's a lot of different kind of little rulings. Like for example, I remember watching Shane Van Boning shoot a shot where he. His ball was snook. He was snooker on his ball, and the other guy had like five balls left. So Shane shot one of his balls, took an intentional foul, shot one of his balls over onto the rail to tie up the black ball or the eight ball, and uh, he, he was uh, defaulted the game. So he lost the whole game to that. So what I've got to do is make sure that I, I understand the ruling 100%. Um, somebody put online that it was because we're not allowed to tie up balls. Wow, that doesn't make any sense. So I checked out the rules for that, and there's nothing that I saw said that, but I can understand that it would be, you can't take an intentional foul. Very much like snooker. It just isn't done. It's not allowed. Right. <laughs> so you don't do an intentional foul. That's very bad sportsmanlike and sportsmanship, and you're going to get uh, penalized in a bigger way. So that's how I see what's going on. But I'll find out for sure when I'm there, and I'll pass that information on to you. When I want to get all the rules, when I know them really, you know, 100%, I will um, I'll put that in some of the... Um, uh, reports that I'll send to you over the over the time that I'm there. Okay, and and we haven't really talked about it, but you are going to be helping to cover the event for us, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, well, I do want to take a small break, and when we come back from the break, I want to talk about some of the other things that you're involved in right now. Be right back, everybody.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to Paul Pottier this week. Um, so besides Chinese 8-Ball, you're, you're involved in a couple other new endeavors uh, in, the, in the internet and technology industry. Now, I understand you're, you're taking video submissions for, uh, or from players. Can, what is that all about? Yeah, well, basically, you know, I think uh, giving back to the community is real important. Plus, I, I need people to, to see what I'm doing so they can get their head around being coached long distance. And one of the things I want to mention, by the way, is uh, I believe coaching and teaching are not the same thing. You know, I think coaching is like the, the whole gambit. Teaching is just one of the skills that a coach needs to have and one of the things he needs to do. And so I believe guiding is probably the most important role that a, that a good coach takes. Guiding, uh, mentoring, tra- uh, you know, being, uh, being a trainer, being a planner, being a partner in a person's development. So I need people, I want people to get to see what it is that I'm doing. And it's a numbers game. I'll, I'll help a lot of people for free. And some of those may say, you know what, can I stay on and, and can I hire you as my coach? And, and then we'll, you know, then I'll hire, uh, I'll um, sign up some people up to a point uh, that'll be enough. Uh, but uh, right now, I've got lots of room left to, to sign up lots more people. So just send me a video. Just People can just send me a video for free. Uh, do a 5 to 15-minute video. I'd appreciate it. It would be like about an hour long. <laughs> uh, 5 to 15 minutes would be wonderful. And on my website, I show, you know, I tell people exactly how to do that. I can, I can uh, help you through the entire process of, putting a video together, taking a camera and putting it together and then putting it up on YouTube and then sending it to me and then I look at it and then I can, then I can get together with the, with the, the person on any way they want, either just on the phone or I can, I can do it on my, with a program I have that's called Camtasia where I will take their video and I'll, I'll um, copy it and while I'm copying it, I'll also analyze it. So while it's happening, I will talk about what I see, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the what to, and then give them a, a couple of tips on what they can do to improve the game. That's totally free. So I can do that with, without them at all, and then I just, I then edit that, and then I upload that to, uh, to YouTube and send it to them. So they've got that to keep forever. Or they can just uh, say, well, let's get together on Skype. So we can get together on Skype. We both watch the video at the same time. Now, here's a real powerful thing. We're watching the video, them playing, and they get to see themselves playing through my eyes. Now, if I'm just another person, that may not be, you know, that might not be all that valuable to them. But this is what I do for a living. This is what I've been doing for a lot of years, and I've developed many champions. So while I'm watching them play, I, I pick out every little detail about their balance, about their pace, about they just missed the ball and how that affects them, and things that they may not see themselves that I'm helping them see. And so... It's been it's been great. I've got uh, many 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 happy customers so far, and happy people that you know that Christmas gift to them. There you go, and improve your game. And so, and I'm going to keep doing that until I'm just too busy. Okay, and you mentioned that all the instructions are on your website. Your website is paulpatier.com. Okay, p-a-u-l-p-o-t-i-e-r.com. Exactly. So basically. If I'm interested, I videotape myself practicing or, or playing a real match? Good question. Again, that's on there as well. It's exactly what to do. But here's what I recommend. So let's say your game is eight ball, all right? So just uh, get on the table, break the balls. I mean, as soon as you break the balls, whether you make balls or not, you take ball in hand. Now I want to watch you how you make decisions. 
So with the ball in hand, that's the most difficult time because you've got so many options, don't you? So I'll watch what you do with the cue ball and how you're looking around, and then you go ahead and you shoot balls until you miss, and then as soon as you miss, you take ball in hand, you shoot the other group, and then you shoot bat until you miss, and if you miss again, you take ball in hand again and shoot the other group until you've you've um, run out all of one uh, one group, and then you make the eight ball, and then once you've made the eight ball, you take ball in hand and you shoot the rest of them in order. To shoot them like rotation until the game is done. One game should be enough, but you can do a couple games. I've got no problem with that, especially if you do a game of eight ball and a game of nine ball. It'll be the same thing with nine ball. Ball in hand every time you miss it. Ball in hand after the scratch. Or after the break. And there's a, there's a good reason for that. And again, it's about how, how you're making decisions. So I want to be able to watch everything that you're doing and how you are approaching the table, everything, so that I can then let you know what's good about that and what's not. Okay, that sounds interesting. Um, and what's the response been like so far? Well, when people know, when people see that I'm doing it, well, the best thing has been on AZ Billiards on the um, on that thread that a friend of mine, one of my first students uh, online, just you know loved doing it so much, and his game is, is really really skyrocketed that he wanted to help out. So we put a thread on there about uh, you know uh, on the main on the main forums that it says uh, free professional video analysis and then when he first put it up i had like seven or eight people send me videos right away and um and then whenever it goes to the first page i normally get one or two people uh that send me a video and um there's so the response from them has been wonderful and then i send stuff back to them and we've had i've had four people sign up already for my full coaching program from that and many people that said they'd like to and some of them don't have the money or you know it's always it's about what's happening in your life at the time isn't it mike Sure. Now, I understand the logistics behind, let's say, I'm interested in the program and I videotape myself playing 8-Ball, send it to you, we get on Skype, we go over it. Now, your full coaching program, that still takes place long distance. So how does that work? I'm glad you asked. Well, again, what a coach is, what I do as a coach is everything. So whether I'm a thousand miles away or I'm, I'm in the same town, the, the most powerful role that I play is your guide. And so knowing exactly what skill level you're at and, and all the different skills and where you're at at those skills, doesn't matter whether I'm in the same town as you and I'm at the same pool table or I'm, I'm online. I can help, you know, discuss with you where you're at. We have a, in other words, I work together with my student as a partner, not as, not as just a teacher telling them what to do. I'm your partner in your development. And I design everything around you. I design everything around your strengths and your weaknesses. So I don't come with a package other than the financial and package and, you know, and how many hours and stuff. But other than that, I design a program around you. And we design it together. And, uh, and then so the roles that I play at that point are a guide, partner in your development, your trainer, so helping you understand you know, how to practice, um, maybe even things to do with uh, diet or um, sleep or, you know, all the things that can help you either perform well or perform poorly. The main goal here always for anybody is to help them have control over their confidence level and desire level. Those are the most important skills. And they're skills because you can control how good you are at them. So you can get better at them or worse at them. And if you can do that, it's a skill to develop. So I help you in different people in different ways. So some people don't know, need as much help with their confidence, and others need a lot of help with it. So uh, I'm helping you all the time. We get together like 
Well, there's 26 hours of instruction is the main program, and we can design a program on anybody, but um, the, the main program is 26 hours, and for that, if you pay up front, it's $1,000. If you want to pay installments, which the program price is based on, it'll be the first five times we get together, you pay $250, so the course program is $1,250. Or pay 1000 up front, and you save $250. And the most important thing here is that now both of us are committed. That's huge. If you want to improve anything, you want to lose weight, you want to quit smoking, you want to do anything, it's about commitment. And um, once you've paid up front, you feel committed. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that you paid up front and two, two, two lessons later you say, I don't, want to, I don't want to work with that Paul Pache guy anymore. I, I can't stand this guy. Or I don't want to play pool anymore. Or any whatever reason you want. You say, I know what, we've taken four hours of lessons, Paul. I, I really... I don't want to continue. So I say, okay, well, my two-hour two lesson program is $150. We've done four hours, so that's two, two times $150. That's $300. I'll give you $700 back from the $1,000 you gave me. I'll send it back to you right away. Well, that's not bad. But that's never happened. <laughs> that's never happened. But if it happens, I'm more than happy to do that. No problem. It can ha- I shouldn't say it hasn't happened. Here's what, there's a person that had a two people that had really bad um, uh, medical problems. One person had um, a disease that was really, really affecting him. He couldn't, he couldn't practice anymore. He couldn't get down on the table anymore. So I suggested, well, you know, you, there's, there's no, you shouldn't be spending this money. So I, I gave him back uh, um, a refund. He wanted to keep doing it, but, this, but I just felt, this is not right. You just shouldn't be doing this. You need to spend this money somewhere else. Right. And, um, and so, you know, um, another person who was getting dizzy all the time and his financial situation was really bad. He lost his job and stuff, and he still wanted to continue. And I thought, you need this money way more than, you, you know, for food and stuff than you do for, for pool. So it's two different occasions out of all these years, and both of them were fairly similar. Okay. Now, in addition to the video coaching, you're also, I see you're, you're more active out there on websites, you're doing some, uh, some more writing. Uh, where can people find your writing? That's exactly right. I, I write for uh, uh, two different websites, uh, Q Sport Nation, both in Canada, really. Um, so... Uh, just I write for that for that website and then a couple other websites from time to time ask me to send if I, if I can send them the article too because then they've got a different uh, group of people that are listening our readers too so I send them to them as well but it's always on my on my website so every time I write an article it goes on my website paulpache.com so that's on the instructional part and then I also just wrote pretty much my um, I call it a pool biography my pool plane biography I put that up on my website. And that's pretty long, uh, but uh, it's through the years that I started playing and all the way till uh, actually till uh, 2007, I think, when I first stopped playing professional pool uh, in 2008. So my last event before the U.S. Open this year was uh, my last event was um, the All Japan Championship in December of 2007, and um, I finished fifth. I lost to Efren Reyes, and then Efren lost to Wu, and Wu won the tournament. But uh, I've had great success at the All Japan Championship over the years. Um, so anyway, I'm writing for these for these uh, magazines, uh, for these um, uh, sorry these uh, websites, including my own. So the person can just go right to my website, basically. I'm also tweeting now, and and on Facebook, I'm involved with a number of different uh, Facebook pages, and I'm putting stuff on my Facebook page too. And it's just Paul Pachi, just my name. 
but I'm also doing all that because I've been writing an app for the last three and a half years. So oh, okay. I have a, I have a coaching app. I have a company that I, that I've developed with a, with one of my students at the Seattle, a really great programmer, young, young guys, actually two guys now working with me. And, um, we're, we three and a half years. We've been working on this, on this app. It's a coaching app. The popular be out this spring for, for sure. Uh, it's got videos on it. It's got my voice. I'm talking. You can, you can listen to, to, um, to the, um, tips that I've got, or you can, or you can read it up to you. And, um, we're really excited about it. And it's going to be a series of apps. So the first app should be coming out, um, this spring. And then we're working on with some new technology, actually, some really groundbreaking, uh, really, really new technology. And it's pretty powerful stuff. I can't talk about that at the moment because it's not out yet. But uh, we're really excited about it. So the second app that we're going to work on, we're going to start working on in February. So we're going we're gonna to not even finish the other one yet, but we'll be working on the second one. And then it's like a whole company. Uh, it's called uh, Zero In Soft Limited Liability Company. So Zero In. And the reason for that is much of what I teach is about zeroing in. Now, the app uh, and the idea of being coached long distance is probably out there to some people. Now we're talking about being coached in an app. So how exactly does that work? Right. Well, there's no question that being coached in the app is not going to be as powerful as as what I'm doing online one-on-one with a person. Uh, because pretty much the one online is some, in some ways even better than being uh, face-to-face on a pool table because I'm going to actually add streaming to that soon. And I mean, the technology, the increase in technology is going to increase my, what I can do for my students like crazy over the next uh, few months. It's, it's wonderful. But the app itself, um, I came up with this idea after spending a, a weekend with students in Seattle when I was driving back to Vancouver and I, I just came up with this concept because I never could imagine doing it for, for like thousands of people at the same time because everybody's different. My best skill is adjusting to the student. That's why, you know, I coach um, as successful as I do is because it's always about the student. But I came up with this concept. I can't really talk about the whole concept at the moment, but where, my God, I can, I can, I can, I can do this. So I stopped inside the road, started writing, called uh, one of my students who was a programmer and he was so excited about it. He wanted to get involved. And so here's what it is. Basically, there's, there's, there's uh, words of wisdom, in-game, pre-game, uh, and then there's also uh, drills and exercises, um, and then there's a whole bunch of other things in an about um, area. So there's like the five different um, sections of my app. And if you have a problem where in your game, whether you're, you know, I don't know how to put English on a ball or, you know, what is, what is the tangent line all about or those kind of things. You just have these kind of questions. What I'm doing is I'm helping answer the questions for you. So it's not like you're perverting your normal website or teaching app where, okay, let's go on to um, uh, stats. Okay, let's go over to, uh, you know, to um, strategy. Okay, let's go over. It's not like that at all. It's more of a, here's a scenario. Here's a problem that we all run into. You run into this problem. Now let's look to see what Paul's got to say about this problem. And then I come up with some questions for you. You know, like, for example, um, you know, you, you, you're, uh, you, you missed an easy shot, you know, and what, what happened here? Why, why do you think you missed the easy shot? So I started asking questions like, do you think you jumped up? Did you, uh, uh, did you take your eye off the ball? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I started asking those questions and then you can kind of like, 
click on whatever the question that suits your problem that you think suits your problem, and then I'll I'll talk about that problem uh, and uh, how that affects you and how easy it is to have that bad habit, and and then I'll give you a tip on how to how to fix it up for you. Okay. Do you, do you, do you see how that works now? I mean, sure. It kind of it's really hard, I think, to get your head around it until you until you've got the app in front of you and you start going over it. You know, then then it starts to work. So I kind of allow the student to be the one who's directing themselves, but I've got a whole bunch of a whole bunch of scenarios there, and they're all in different sections. So, you know, obviously, if it's an in-game thing that's happening to you, like it's happening to you in the game, you know, you can just click on and uh, go right to this particular area. Now, some leagues obviously don't allow you to have your headphones on and and, and uh, have a coach with you all the time. Well, it's not, that's not the only time you're playing pool. You're playing pool with a buddy, or you might be actually doing this with a friend, and, and, you're, and you're making use of this app because you're developing the same habits as if you would be playing in a real game. So you'll remember this stuff. You'll remember this is when it's really important to you as it's happening. That's when you're going to remember it the most, when you learn what to do as it's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It sounds very interesting. Rather than sitting in your home and reading a book about pool and then going out to the pool room, how many people become great champions doing that? (laughs) Nothing wrong with books. Nothing wrong with books. How many people watch videos and then go out and now they're going to become a great champion because they're watching the videos? It's not happening. Right. It's not that it's not that some people don't get good at that, but they're going to get good almost any way that they do something. The other people, the rest of the population, needs something a little bit different. Again, not, I mean, I've got all the books you can buy. I mean, I've got them all. I've got the, I watch the videos. I'm a pro, but I still I'm always looking to improve. And I'm also looking to improve for my students as well because I've been taking on students for a long time, you know, and, and it's, um, it's, a, it's a great feeling developing a champion. I mean, I had Jennifer Chen turn her into a champion, Kyokosone, Norio Hayashi, Mike Vitas. Uh, those, those are just ones that a lot of people will know those names. Those are, those are my students. I've got people signing up with me now, the Joanne Ashton and Eric Horlison. They want my help. I'm talking to a couple other major major players too. I think now is a perfect time for even top pros to actually have a real coach. You can do it online. I can, I can be helping them online. You don't have to fly me into their event like a tennis pro or a golf pro would be doing. You, know? right. you don't have to do that. I can work with you online. Well, it sounds very, very interesting. Um, Paul, I, for players or, or fans who are interested in reading your articles or interested in your video program, or I'm sure there will be announcements on your site when, uh, when the app is ready, again, it's paulpatier.com. Um, I wish you all the luck at the Chinese 8-Ball event coming up. I'm looking forward to reading your reports from there. Uh, and I appreciate you taking time out from your practice, which obviously is important, getting ready for the big event, to to talk to me and, and our listeners today. Well, thank you, Mike. I mean, you guys have been fabulous. It's, it's always great working with, uh, with you and Jerry. Uh, you know, um, great people. That's why, that's why your website is so popular, and uh, you're always trying to improve on everything, and, and I'm more than happy to be involved and help out and uh, uh, my friends and I are planning on doing these interviews and really, really enjoying our time in uh, in uh, in China and um, and bringing back as much information and as much stuff that your listeners would like to hear about as we can. Thanks, Paul. Um, we will hopefully we'll get together and talk after you get back from China. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right, everybody. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye. 
Hey guys, it's Marianne here with another Go Play Pool at Featured Room here on American Billiard Radio. This week I am talking to Isabel Buckley, the owner of Gotham City Billiard Club in Brooklyn, New York. How are you, Isabel? Very well. How are you, Marianne? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, so, so what's going on? Why don't you give everybody a little bit of a rundown on the history of Gotham City Billiard Club? Oh, Gotham City Billiard Club um, was opened uh, approximately 11 years ago. Uh, we had taken it over from an existing pool hall called Pockets um, uh-huh. of Avenue U. We're located at 93 Avenue U between West 9th and West 10th Street here in Gravesend, Brooklyn. Uh, we renovated, newly renovated the room uh, a little over a year ago, uh-huh. and it was a full gut renovation. Uh, we have 14 diamond nine by five pro am tables and we have one ten by five pro am diamond table as well with the lights. Mm-hmm. Um we just did construction this summer on nice. a private room uh with a ping pong table in it. So that <laughs> when people are playing ping pong they have their own private room. They have there's a small seating area, there's a couch. Uh, we also have a downloadable jukebox. It's the latest jukebox uh uh from the internet. Uh, we have uh, plenty of high-def, big-screen TVs. We play a lot of sports on those TVs as well. Um, any sporting event we can pretty much feature. We have a uh, league that mm-hmm. we have in our room every Wednesday night that people can sign up for. Um, we also are uh, a host room for the Tri-State Tournament, and also we do a host room for the Predator Tournament with Tony Robles. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and that seems to be really, really good. We have a tri-state tournament coming up in March, and we have a Predator coming up in September and October. Um, <clears throat> we have a, a simple, nice menu. We offer plenty of snacks, drinks. We have beer and wine. Um, we have our daily specials. We always have a featured comfort food, yes. such as homemade baked ziti or uh, beef uh, we've even been known to make Coco Vaughn. Oh, That's man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we like to stir it up a bit. And I was going to uh, say, I'm like, man, you're really spoiling those guys down there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do all the cooking, and I do all the cooking for the tournament, and uh, it is a lot of work, but it uh, really is is great. Um, I see a lot more people coming into our room. Yeah. We have a lot of college students here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have such a uh, diverse crowd of all ethnic backgrounds, girls, mm-hmm. guys, um, and because the, the neighborhood is really very diverse. Um, right. And it's a great place to have fun. And, and, you know, sometimes we have featured pro players that come in. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I saw, I, I sorry to cut you off. I, I saw pictures of, um, that Shane had done a challenge match with your, with I believe with your house pro. Is that correct? Yes, yes. George Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, been our house pro for about a year, I would say, in uh-huh. our room. Uh, great player. Um, we do have some really good shooters in our room that are up and coming. One of them is uh, Thomas Rice. He's only 15 years old and has already won our huge tournament, which we partnered with the Tri-State for which was called the Gotham City Classic, and that happened in November. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. he won the big prize, and we had huge trophies. And you can check us out on Facebook and look at some of the photos 
from that huge tournament. We had special shirts uh, made up as well. We also carry a line of apparel for just Gotham City Billiard Club. Hats, shirts, hoodies. Um, we carry a large assortment of pool supplies, anything to your queue that you could possibly think of. Uh, we have uh, we sell cue sticks. Mm-hmm. We it varies from fifty bucks to six hundred and seventy dollars. Yeah. Uh, we probably have the largest uh, display of books and DVDs in the tri-state area. Nice. We have yes. pretty much all the pro matches from Accustat available, whether it's uh, bank pool. Mm-hmm. One pocket, nine ball, eight ball, Derby City Classic. We pretty much have them all. Nice. So, so do you guys uh, do you guys work with AccuStats, or do you guys do streaming it all out of the room? Uh, we do stream the room on our own little live stream, so you can check out the room. Um, I think there's a link for it on our uh, our website to check out our room. Okay. Um, also, we've we've on certain big events. We have Upstate Al, who's very, very very big and Mm -hmm. contributes a lot to the pool community. He does a lot of live streaming. Yeah, yeah. And our last event, we had a live stream with uh, Upstate Al, which was great, which was a lot of fun. Awesome. That's great. Any other, um, are there any other larger events that you guys hold throughout the year? Uh, No, but we are planning. We wanted to do... um, our own event in our room for mm-hmm. open players, which that was the Gotham City Classic. We we did, uh, it was all a B class to an open player. We wanted to give more of the open players a shot. Sure. At actually, you know, participating in tournaments that are mainly for themselves because they're not quite a pro and they're mm-hmm. not quite an amateur. So there's not too many venues that they can pretty much fit in and, and yeah. you know, score yeah. big with. So we were trying to contribute to that because we see that there's an area in the pool industry that that's somewhat lacking. And that could be to the amount of open players. There may be not a lot of them right? as well. Yeah. So you you had mentioned that uh, this this kid, Thomas Rice, uh, that he's 15, that he won your tournament. So I assume by that you guys are all family-friendly down there? We're all family-friendly. Um, we have a lot of families that come in on a Saturday night, Sunday, and play. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of father and sons, a lot of father and daughters, and, and moms and dads, they come in with their kids. It's very family-friendly. There's nothing, there's no connotation of the bad place like it used yes. to be. Yes. <laughs> and the gambling. We're not much of a gambling room in general. Yeah. Um, we leave that up to the other pools, you know. I mean, <laughs> some of them have a reputation as being that. We kind of like to be a little bit more you know, family-friendly room. Um, oh, that's A place good. you can take your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Have right, a nice your grandma. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen grandmas in there with their kids. They don't know where else to go. And it's a cheap, it's a cheap you know, form of entertainment. It's cheaper than the movies. Our rates are oh, yeah. very, very reasonable. We, or offer power plays, $10 for three hours of food play, $15 for an all day. Nice. And we have ladies' night on Thursday night. Ladies play hey. three after eight. 
Hey. Uh. And in the summertime, we offer a huge discounts for men to play on Friday night. So we try to be able to give a little bit to everybody. All right. That sounds good. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to let our listeners know about? No, but um, come check us out on Facebook. Uh, come check us out on Yelp. We have all our right. reviews on Yelp. Um, and we hope to see you at the at the room real soon. Just all to right. let you know, we were voted best in the borough. Cool. If you if you want to get in touch with everybody down at the Gotham City Billiard Club, um, you can find them, of course, online. And we are also going to put up a limited profile for them on the Go Play Pool app, so you'll be able to find them there. And, of course, it's free to download, so check that out. There's a bunch of cool stuff on there. Thank you for, for getting on the phone with me, Isabel, and, and letting everybody know about Gotham City Billiard Club. And, and uh, Thank you for letting me. <laughs> For sure. You're very welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure. And uh, thank you guys for listening to another Go Play Pool app featured room right here on American Billiard Radio. Back to American Billy Radio. This is Mark Cantrell, the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And uh, you know, there's been a lot of things going on. The Derby City Classic is coming up this week, and uh, we just got done with the Music City Open and uh, Turnstone. And I have on the line with me the, the two-time champion of Turning Stone, and that is the guy, Jason Shaw. How are you doing, Jason? How you doing, Mark? Good. Yeah. You, you can hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you okay. I can hear you. Just so everybody knows, if you hear some background noise, uh, Jason's actually at the airport, uh, and you're heading to the WC Classic. Yeah, I'm headed to the WC Classic. I'm, I'm feeling pumped. I, well, you should be feeling pretty good. I mean, the first, I guess, major event of the year was Turning Stone that has points attached to it. Mm-hmm. And it was a WPA event. And uh, you won that for the second time running. You, you did a good job, man. Yeah, I played good. Um, I actually like the event. The, the, the setup of the event and the, the actual venue itself is probably one of the best venues I've been in, you know. Um and just, uh, I just feel, obviously, I won it the last time there, and my, my my wife was pregnant, so this time we had the baby with us, so it was a little bit special, you know. Right. That, well, it's, uh, congratulations, by the way, on your, on your baby. Thanks. That's, uh, that's, uh, pre- so you're going to make uh, America your home now, then? Yeah, this is my new home, America. A little bit warmer than Scotland, but where are you, where are you living? I'm um, staying in Connecticut. Oh, so that's actually that's probably cold as well, isn't it? Not yeah, it's still cold. No, it's only like um, it's like an hour from New York City, so it's not too bad. Right. So I, I was watching you on uh, the stream uh, during the Turning Stone, and I think that you probably have made a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, you, uh, the reason is I know you've been around uh, for a while, and you've been doing well for a while, and uh, playing a lot in New York. 
but it's the it's your speed of play and your style of play that kind of has gained a lot of fans. You brought an excitement that we we don't have a lot of in in American pool. Yeah. Well, um, I actually think people like watching me play because, like, back in the day, I think Earl used to play like that, you know. A lot of people, like, really adore the way he plays and love watching him because he's exciting to watch, you know, and obviously he's Earl Strickland, but I think now a lot of people sort of see maybe a little bit of me in him, or so they say, him and me, you know. So um, I think people see that and they sort of, like, they get excited, you know, because, as you say, they don't have a lot of that in the U.S., you know, so it's something different. Yeah, and you know that obviously that could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It sometimes could be a downfall. But I guess once you get in stroke, you just don't seem like you miss. Nah, you, was, sorry, carry on. No, I was going to say you, you, I think you broke a record of some kind. Uh, and was, that, was it the finals with Mika? Where you, no, you, semi-final match. I played Mika. I think the match was like twenty-two minutes. You know. Yeah. That was, <laughs> Only other person I've seen play like that is uh, Tony Drago. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tony Drago's very quick. Well, I think uh, from what I'm gathering, you know, I talk and I hear things. Um, it seems like now. Are you gonna? Are you applying for citizenship at this yeah, point? Well, 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 I'm actually just right now. Obviously, I'm I'm in process. I'm already like three and a half months into. Uh, processing my green card. Okay, so um, I I can't actually fly out the out the states for six months. I can only fly within the states. So after that is done, and obviously I can apply for a citizenship. But that takes like five years. So I, 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 at this moment in time, like I, I'm not really like obviously in the school cup and stuff like that. People always mention it to me, but obviously it'd be nice to get in it. But at the at the start of the year, that's not on my mind. On what's on my mind is doing doing better each tournament and trying to win other tournaments and I'm not like just putting everything on the line just to look at one tournament at the end of the year the Moscone Cup yeah it'd be ni- nice to get on it but if I don't get on it I'm not going to worry about it you know I'm not going to put my full year on the line worrying about getting in one tournament there's too many tournaments out there no but you know? obviously if you just keep going as you're going you, you took the first one that was worth points. Obviously, that makes you a front runner for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ask about the citizenship because this could be a, a, a first time for somebody because you may make the European team based mm-hmm. on points. Yeah. Well, but then you get a citizenship and you'd be playing for the USA. No, I understand that, you know, but like uh, right now. It'd be great to play for Europe, you know, but I just I just wanna keep going what I'm doing in the last couple of years and just going to my tournaments, trying to win those tournaments, not worrying about listen, if I if I do good all year, but I'll get in the Sony Cup at the end of the year. So it's just a bonus to me, you know. So I love to play in the event, obviously it's probably the biggest event of the year, but um I'm not gonna put all my eggs in one basket and just try and get in that, you know. I I, I really um I'm really focused on winning other tournaments this year, and if I win them, then the Moscone Cup's a bonus. Right. Now, you, so you can't leave the country for six months. Is that going to stop you from playing in anything that you would have wanted to play in? Yeah, I was supposed to go to the Philippines on uh, 
February the twenty uh, the fifteenth for the World Ten Ball, but I can't go because I just want to see my lawyer. I can't I can't fly, so um, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I just have to wait for six months until well another three months, and then I'll be fine. My visa will be all good. Right. So, so what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, right now I'm just I'm going to the derby. Then when I come back from the derby, I'm I'm all booked up. I'm off the. Sacramento, I'm going to play a one-pocket tournament, nine-ball uh, nine tournament, and then I'm off to Reno, U.S. Basketball Championships. So I'm not, I, I can't go to the Philippines, so I just booked up to go to some tournaments that are on while those other big tournaments are on. So I'm guessing that I might probably be the only one or two top players at the Basketball Tournament because all the rest of the players are going to the Philippines. Right. Well... So, but is there? Um, I'm trying to think what else there is. What, well, what are you going to play in the, at Turning, uh, Sorry, at, at the Derby City Classic? White. I'm, I'm I'm playing in the nine ball banks. I'm playing in the one pocket. I'm playing in the nine ball. I'm playing in the Bigfoot Challenge. I'm playing in the straight pool. I'm playing in everything. Anything I can get my gear and get my hands on the table, I'll be playing. Well, that's good. And, uh, uh, how are you doing with one pocket? How long have you been playing that? Well, the last year I sort of took it a little bit more serious. You know, I just wanted to learn the game more because I, I'm obviously I'm I can run the balls, you know, but the moving the one pocket's like that's that's what the game's all about. The moving is so crucial. So the last year I've been learning a lot more and I've been gambling like cheap just to learn, you know, and um, just just small, you know, nothing much, five ten dollars, nothing nothing too crazy, you know. But I'm playing all day, like six, seven, eight, nine hours sometimes, so I'm, like, really, really getting the hang of it, and I'm watching a lot of videos and stuff. I'm just trying to learn the game as much as possible, you know? But right, wait. There's a lot of moves. That you're right. Yeah, well, when you play when you play one pocket a lot, your other game get uh, your other parts of your game get better in rotation, you know? Like your safety and your checking and your banking and stuff like that. There's a lot of, a lot of kicking and banking and stuff like that comes in in um, one pocket, you know? Yeah. So it helps. How's, how's that gonna? How's that gonna affect? How does it? Have you found it's affected your game? Because of the speed you play, one pocket isn't necessarily a fast game. No, it's Are not you, a fast. It's not a fast game. But like when I play one pocket, I'm, I know it's not a fast game, so I can I can sit there and uh, like grind it out a little bit. Well, I know ten ball is gonna go quick, you know. So and I know if I get to the table, I can run out fast. But one pocket is different. You have to really just sort of. No, you're going into a game, and one game can take a long time. So I know that when I'm playing one pocket, but when I'm playing rotation, I know I know one thing can just slot me, and I can run five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever racks, you know. Right. Um, but the one pocket, the one pocket is a good game. It helps you. It helps your mental strength as well, and your ability, like to to stay calm and don't go for the wrong shots and stuff like that. You know, it helps your game. It helps you calm down. Right. Well, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people believe in it, and uh, I've, you know, I've, I've, I, I, I could never understand the game. I thought it was boring, and then I got to play it one time. And after the first, when it was my first visit to the table, that's when I looked and went, "Okay, I get this game now. I understand mm-hmm. why people stay around and stare at things yeah. for so long." But yeah, and then you played in the bank pool as well. Yeah, last year, to be honest, the bank pool of actually the last two years, I went, well, uh, I went to Tunica, I finished eighth place 
eighth place in the bank. And then last year at the Derby, I finished ninth place in the bank. You know, I was nearly like 450 players. So I'm not, I'm not, that, that, that's one of the games I really enjoy playing. You know, I say, personally, I think that uh, one pocket in banks is probably the best games out there. Banks are so good, it's unbelievable. Like, people, people think like, ten ball and stuff like that is great. Banks are so good. When you have playing banks and there's only a couple of balls left, it's not just about banking. It's like it's like one pocket a little bit. You have to like play safe, and you know you're trying not to leave your phone in banks and stuff. It's good. It's a it's a great game. Right. Um, but last year, as I said, I finished ninth place in the the, the derby at the bank. So I, I I know I know what I'm doing playing banks. You know, and obviously the one pocket I've learned a lot in the last year. So this year I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I. I sort of learned a good bit from the other games I wasn't too too confident about, you know. So I'm I'm happy with my form, and trust me, I know that nobody wants to play me either, do we? Yeah. Do you know, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard or not, I, I think it's just recent news. I guess the WPA has... Whoa. Uh, friends are earlier. Um, the, the WPA, again, uh, sanctioning the Derby City. And now oh, not sure. Yeah, so that's it's going to be another WPA event. That's uh, the latest news I got. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're saying it, it must be the nine ball. I would guess. Yeah, it probably will be the nine ball. So maybe you could snap that off, boy. You be you might you might actually be number one in the world. You, you don't even need to go to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I tell you, I'll, I'll I'll let you get going. Um, I, I know that you're trying to get on a plane and uh, and get to get your mind straight. So yeah, tw- uh, twenty minutes. I got twenty minutes. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, congratulations on turning strong. Good luck in Derby City. Okay, um, thank you. Is there uh, anybody you'd like to say hello to or thank you to any sponsors? Yeah, I'd just like to thank um. Val Beasley is my new manager. He owns a timber company. He's from uh, Mississippi. I'd like to thank um, Home Break Jump Tips. And I'd like to thank uh, Kings of Aprop, um, Chopcube.com, and Kamui Tips. Okay. You got it, man. Well, okay, mate. Have a, have a safe flight, and I'm sure I'll be talking to you again pretty soon. Okay, Mark. I'll speak to you soon, okay? Take care, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Well, that was a, a, a short but informative interview. Uh, learned a little bit. I guess Jason's all about just playing. He just wants to play as much as he can. He wants to play as many games as he can. And uh, obviously, he does it with great speed. Uh, and I, I've said for a while that he's maybe the most exciting player that's come along in, in quite some time. And I, I'm sure that one of these fine days, he will be a world champion. And the U.S. Open champion, probably. So, um, that's all I've got for this week. This is the Legends and Champions Report. This is Mark Cantrell. And we will speak to you next week.